Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, the only healthcare marketing podcast that digs into the digital strategies and tactics that help you accelerate growth. Each week, Cardinals experts explore innovative ways to build your digital presence and attract more patients. Buckle up for another episode of Ignite. Hey everyone, welcome back to Ignite Healthcare Marketing Podcast. I'm your host again this week. This is a podcast where Rich and I sit here and we talk about everything we know about healthcare marketing so that we can help you guys grow. So what we want to talk about today is goal setting. One of the biggest frustrations in this discovery process with new clients is when we're asked to put together a budget or a media plan. Mm -hmm. And I ask, sure, you know, what's, but what's the goal that we're planning against? And there is no goal. So it's really helpful in the process of building out a marketing strategy and and letting someone build a, a roadmap to get you to your goal rather than just a tactical plan of doing certain activities. Want to ask Rich, who runs our uh, analytics and media strategy team here, some thoughts on how to go about setting a budget and a goal, what good goals look like, how better goals get you better results. So Rich, I kind of want to start with a a broad and hopefully easy question, which is what should the process of creating goals look like? It's a great question. Uh, And probably one that we don't spend enough time thinking about. I think people hone in on KPIs without necessarily thinking about goals, right? So we have tons of discussions around conversions and CPAs, but what does that actually mean? Especially if they're digital things, like if we're tracking like a digital conversion, like a form submission or a phone call, how does that tie back to the actual goal? of the client Mm -hmm. and what they're trying to do in terms of their business objectives. So start at that end, right? Start at the business objective end, at the business planning end. How many patients do I need to get? How many patients do I need to get for a specific location? And then try and work your way back to the digital Mm -hmm. conversions and goals that way. You may know and, and, you know, obviously there's really sophisticated ways that you can do this with sort of tying things back into the CRMs and patient management systems. But a lot of people can't do that, right? They can't connect into their CRM solution or maybe they don't even have a CRM solution. So you can start in a more basic way and just say, okay, I know that if I drive five phone calls, I'll get typically one new patient appointment. So just operate off that premise to take your patient acquisition goal and convert it into a digital marketing goal mm-hmm. and, at, and at least start there, right? And then obviously, you know, there's some refinements depending on where the leads are coming from and how qualified the leads are, but you can work with your agency to understand some of those nuances and make some adjustments. But I would say, you know, figure out, you know, you know how many patients you need to drive. You probably know how many patients you need to drive per practice, and you probably know how many leads you need to get a new patient. So use all of those inputs to then determine what you should be driving from a, from a digital marketing point of view. What you may find is that you need a budget way higher than you have, right? So then it's like, okay, well then how can I, what can I drive for my budget once I understand how many leads I I would ideally like to drive? Maybe I can't get 100% of that because I don't have enough budget to support it this year. So what could I get with $20,000 a month or $30,000 a month? But that's where I start is, is understanding how many new patients you need and then working your way back to those digital lead objectives. And let's be clear, we cannot create your your business goals for you, right? That is, I think, a common misconception. So here's my budget. Tell me what I'm going to get for it and how my business is going to run and what my patient yield is going to be is really not an appropriate way to be engaging with your digital marketing agency. Correct. What we can say is 
whether the goals that are given to us are feasible from a digital acquisition point of view. So if you, if you come to me and say, okay, I've got a practice in the middle of nowhere and I need 200 new patients a week and there's no search demand, there's hardly anybody on social media, there's, no, there's hardly any display traffic out there, we're going to come back and say, well, that's just impossible. You know, we can't drive the thousand leads a week that you would need to drive 200 patients. So you're either going to have to modify your goal or, you know, you, you're going to have to look at maybe things like costings and understanding why you need to drive so many patients to that practice. Is there anything that you can do there to sort of modify th that need? Because digital alone is not going to drive it. Mm -hmm. When clients do come to us with goals, which is always much appreciated, there's kind of another way that we engage and help with planning. And that is coming to an agency with a goal and, and kind of saying all the tactics are on the table, right? I'm not dictating that, okay, this is my goal, but you have to be on Facebook or you have to be doing SEO or, or you have to be doing email, right? But that I have a goal. Can you help me figure out the best acquisition mix? Right. So it may not be that all $30,000 lands on you know, Google search buys where it can get expensive, maybe 10% of that is diverted over into SEO, which can right. offset some of the acquisition costs. How do you think about a client's goal in relation to media mix? Yeah, I think, again, it's sort of taking some of the knowns. And, and from experience, we typically know that if you drive a lead through PPC, there's going to be a higher chance that that's going to convert into a patient. So, and again, all these things should be tested, right? So if you're going to run multiple media mixes, so if we're going to run social display PPC, then one thing that you'll want to do in the first sort of 60 days of running those different channels is validate the lead quality that are coming from those channels, right? And, and actually saying, okay, I think that PPC leads are going to convert to patients at twice the rate of a display lead or twice the rate of a paid social lead, but that should be validated by doing call listening or by checking form submissions that you get from those channels against actual patients that you see in the, in the PMS or the EHR, um, and then validating those assumptions. Once you know that those assumptions are correct, and you're not gonna know that upfront, so you're operating off a lot of assumptions probably in the first couple months, right? But once you've validated those assumptions, then you should be able to actually define the right media mix because you, know, you can say, okay, I can spend $5,000 on these two display tactics, and I know that four leads uh, from display will equal one new patient. And so the CPA makes sense on this $5,000, right? Where even if I have to drive twice as many leads to turn into a patient than I do on search, the CPA is half what it is on search. Mm -hmm. So therefore the cost per new patient through display when I spend that $5,000 is the same or even a slightly better than it is on search where I'm, maybe I'm spending $25,000. So that's, you kind of, trying to find out where the next best dollar should be invested, which channel it should go to, which tactic it should mm -hmm. go to. But again, understanding how many leads it takes to turn into a patient is the key component to understanding where you should be spending the dollars. So taking budgeting and, and goal planning to a new level, mm -hmm. thinking about capacity. This is something we get asked a lot and something we've also been pushing our clients to consider more, yeah. which is Every practice may have the same capacity on a monthly basis, but some have longer wait lists. Some, you know, are, are booked up because of, you know, local reputation, brand equity, whatever it may be. So right. how is Cardinal and how are some of our clients thinking about capacity? And then how does that impact fluidity of, of budget and goal? Yeah, I mean, that's that's primarily how it's influencing the decisioning that we're making, right, which is around 
where should we be spending money? Mm -hmm. The default position on paid media is, especially on the paid media side, where, you, where you're making these decisions around budget allocation is to spend where the lowest cost conversions are, right? Or where the highest patient revenue is. That's where the focus point of the spend will go. I think it's incredibly important that you get insight from the client about where they actually need the, the dollars to be spent to equate to new patient appointments that are then coming in the door of those practices. As an example, We've seen situations in the past where you may have a practice that's in a incredibly populous area that has a ton of demand. They also have an amazing provider reputation that you, that you mentioned, but they're only open one or two days a week. Yeah. And we were able to drive you know, hundreds of conversions to that practice, but obviously there's no way that they could see those leads. Even if they converted only a fraction of those leads, they couldn't, they couldn't get them all. They couldn't convert yeah. them all into appointments. Whereas you have other practices, maybe a more sort of rural areas with less demand that are really struggling or maybe in, in a competitive area with a ton of other DSOs or the behavioral health providers that they're competing against. And the CPAs are really high. So the inclination is to spend less because the default position for, for a media agency is they want to make their cost per acquisition look good. They want, they want their conversion volume to be high, right? The leads that they drive to be high. So that's where you've kind of got to throw that mindset out of the window and really work with the client to say, where do you actually need people in the seat, mm -hmm. right? And it might not always be in the place where we're going to get the lowest cost leads, where we're going to get, you know, the best volume. And we might have to be okay with saying, you know, I could get you leads for $150 or $100 or $50, but actually over here, I'm going to get them for you for 300 because that's where you have overheads. That's where you need capacity filling. Mm -hmm. So we have started doing that with, with a number of our clients. And at first it was quite clumsy and it was very sort of broad brushstroke. And you just tell us which are the you know, breaking practices into tiers based on priority of, of capacity. But now we started to be more fluid. So we have one client where they will send us their capacity data by location for a two week forward looking window to say, this is how many people we've got booked in for the next two weeks and their percentage of their capacity, right, for each location. And then we will adjust budgets on a weekly basis to try and attack those locations that have a lower capacity right now in terms of they have more room to fill their capacity um, and pull back on locations where they're basically booked out or they're close to being booked out. Now, obviously that works in a scenario where you have like a DSO or something that's controlled at the corporate level where you can easily move funds. If you're being bought in more on a franchise level where you know each location is paying for their own marketing dollars or paying a percentage of their own marketing dollars, then that's the one area where I'd say you've got to be kind of careful about just moving budget around and, and switching budgets without everybody understanding what's going on. You, you don't want to get calls from providers being like, why am I getting less leads this week? And it turns out you've, you know, you've cut that marketing budget by 50%, so you're not driving as many leads now. So th those are the things that you just have to work through with, with the client and the nuances you've got to understand. A question that, that you know, just continues to get more complex, right? So you've got a multi-location you know, client, maybe they even have multiple brands, and then they don't just offer one service therapy. They also offer psychiatry, and mm -hmm. then they also have you know, higher cost interventional you know, solutions like TMS, right? So how do you then also manage service and the the cost per acquisition threshold for different services and then the revenue that certain services drive into a business? Yeah, it's a great question. And that's where I would say 
these upfront conversations with your agency or, or with your in-house team are so important because, you know, we, we have had conversations with people where they're like, you know, even, even sort of like a dental business where they don't feel that bifurcated in terms of their service lines, right? Like they don't have separate doctors doing separate things necessarily, but we've had conversations where they're, they're saying things to us like, we need to grow the middle of the business, right? So we need to, to grow, we need to do more root canals. We need to do more crowns. We need to do more bridges. You know, based on those needs, you might structure your, your campaigns differently, right? You may have campaigns, if you really need to be able to control the push and pull in terms of budget support for those specific services, you may have separate campaigns for them. But that's unlikely, again, going back to sort of the default position of, of agencies and in-house media teams, that is unlikely to ever be the default position. So if you have this specific need of, I need to be able to support certain service lines at certain times, uh, and the, you know the, the amount of spend that I move towards each one could be vastly different, then you should have those conversations up front because it, it will impact the structure most likely. The other way to do it in a, in a more consolidated model is to use target CPA controls at the ad group level but it's less accurate, less reliable. You can make adjustments to your target CPA or your target ROAS to try and increase or decrease the amount that you spend in those ad groups, but it's much more directional and a lot less scientific. You're not guaranteed to spend more or less as you make those adjustments because Google might be able to find the same number of leads at a lower cost per acquisition or may still spend the same amount of budget. Again, it's it's not anywhere near as accurate as having separate campaigns where you can just literally control the budget that's going to them. So so yeah, again, I think communication between the client and, and the agency or the in-house team is really important on that. Okay, so another thing I get asked a lot, and this is usually in the pre-sale process is, can you give me benchmarks? What should my CPA be? What's everyone else doing? What are your other clients getting? And am I going to get the same thing? So Talk to me about the benefits of benchmarks, but also the dangers. I want people to understand that just a singular benchmark is a very dangerous thing to, to put out there. Yeah. The benefit of the benchmark is that you have a comparison point to measure up your what your performance looks like against something else that is supposedly somewhat objective. The detriment and the danger is how do you get to that benchmark in the first place? So I think... We have a sort of stable of like clients in the healthcare space now, where typically if someone's coming in on behavioral health or dental, you know, we've worked with enough providers in the past where we can kind of say, okay, you know, if you have a decent user experience and you're trying to chase this service line and you're in these areas, you could typically expect a CPA from between X and Y, mm -hmm. right? But as I just mentioned, you that, already gave me three, that's, a, that's a couple of factors, right? That, factors. that are going to really influence what mm -hmm. your benchmark might look like. So, you know, we did a lot of work with a, with a DSO when we worked on a, on the, uh, the same account where we had a list of factors that influenced mm -hmm. the cost per acquisition by, by location uh, and by market. And so within their sort of stable of, you know, 150, 200 locations, they had vastly different CPAs because of competitive density, household income, demand that search demand that existed there, the reputation of the provider um, in those locations. Geography. Yeah, exactly. And then things like, you know, obviously who you're in the auction against on the search side is really going to impact it. And if if you guys work in verticals where you're up against 
mom and pop shops, some mom and pop shops don't do any advertising on Google. Some of them do a lot of advertising on Google relative to how much you support a single location. You know, you may be in some markets where you're up against five small businesses or in other markets where you're up against two. Some where they have an amazing reputation, some where they have a really poor reputation. So all of these things are going to play into what you have to pay for, for that patient acquisition cost. I think the other thing too, and, and you touched on this, another massive uh, variable in, in benchmarking is, is what is the, the patient that you're trying to get? Mm-hmm. You know, behavioral health is a good one. If you're trying to get a TMS patient, do not expect a general you know, psychiatry patient to come in at the same CPA as a TMS patient. TMS patients are gonna be more expensive. People are willing to pay more for a click on TMS keywords. It's a more, it's harder to convert. It's a more specialized treatment. You know, it's it's a higher commitment from the person who's looking for it. Whereas if you're just looking for a telepsych appointment, that's really easy. It's generally relatively cheap on your insurance. So again, you don't want to have a single benchmark if you do multiple service lines. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you get to be like a, a health system, that's going to be exacerbated even more, right? Because you might be doing primary care and then sort of oncology as an example. So obviously, your CPAs are going to be vastly different depending on the type of patient, the type of lead that you're trying to drive. And then obviously, the other thing too is what is a lead? That's the other factor that goes into benchmarking. So is the CPA measuring a phone call? Is it measuring a form fill? Is it measuring an online booked appointment? Is it measuring a phone call where we know there was a booked appointment? So again, sounds silly. It sounds obvious, but actually understanding what the KPI is, that's going to have a massive impact on what you should be benchmarking against. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something else that is extremely subjective in many relationships with digital agencies isn't controlled by your agency, which is the user experience side. Mm. So can you benchmark yourself against another agency's cost per click or, you know, quality score? Sure. But the actual conversion still is impacted significantly by what happens on that page. And if, if for example, your agency comes in and has feedback that that page is not going to convert or is not up to the standards of other clients converting at that rate, but you're unwilling or unable to, at that point in time, address UX issues, you can't expect the same performance. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, it comes back to that sort of triangle, right? Of fast, good, cheap, of the thing where you can have two. And ultimately, irrespective of what you say, oh, well, you know, a good benchmark is a hundred dollar CPA. In reality is your CPA is your CPA at that moment. So if, if your CPA is $200, and the benchmark CPA is 100 really what your focus should be on is not necessarily getting to the $100 benchmark, but it should be getting the $200 CPA down as much as possible, as quickly as possible. If it's about speed, getting that CPA down by doing good work, then it's going to be expensive. If it's about, I've got a set retainer with my agency, or I've got a set amount of budget with my in-house team, maybe getting that the, the work to get that CPA down is going to take longer, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't throw all the money at the problem to solve it. But you may blow way past that benchmark. I say benchmarks are nice for directional purposes, but you shouldn't put too much stock on them because at the end of the day, you just want to get the lowest possible cost per new patient, right? Or cost per booked appointment, irrespective of what any benchmark is. So I I wouldn't stress out too much about benchmarks. It's more about making progress on where you are today. Yeah. 
funny that you just said, you know, get the CPA down as much as possible. I think there's another conversation for another day on the Cardinal podcast about volume versus efficiency. And those two things intersect. And I think we, you know, we'd welcome you all back another time to probably talk about that topic. We can spend 20 minutes just talking about what we've seen and and how those things, you know, can, can work together and work against each other. So thank you guys all for listening. Thank you, Rich, for being here. So please like, comment, subscribe on wherever you're listening. And we hope to see you guys back again next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignite. Interested in keeping up with the latest trends in healthcare marketing? Subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review. For more healthcare marketing tips, visit our blog at cardinaldigitalmarketing.com.